ready for the interview And if you get a cue live on a laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo, let's have a combo Say what you feel, be real That's the motto Real talk pronto Dr. DPHD, hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals All right. You know, I always think like what happens before record is always interesting. And there should be like outtakes of this stuff. <laughs> oh, no doubt. A hundred percent. How are you today? Good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad the Dr. D's can get together. That's right. Those two Dr. D plus Dr. D here. That's right. That's oh, right. You're doing some interesting work. I remember we were talking and for the audience, a lot of times I'll have conversations with guests before they come on the show. Just to chat, you know, make sure there's no psychos waiting in the wings, you know. <laughs> I've been there. You're like, oh, I've been there. I've been yeah. fortunate. I haven't had really very, maybe a few. It's been like, this is weird. Uh, but mostly, I think it's good to get the, the feel out. But you were working with uh, laborious workers, right? That's who you're working with. And yeah. I haven't heard that term. I mean, it makes sense now that I think about it. But talk a little bit about that, like in your work, like maybe just defining what that population is, you know? Sure. So I own a company called Accelerate Therapy and Performance. And what we do is we go in and we shift the paradigm of what employment is, especially with hardworking men and women who make products and get things from here to there to make our world go round. Um, and instead of them thinking of themselves as laborers, we want them to think of themselves as industrial athletes. And so with an industrial athlete, when you frame yourself in that mindset of, I need to take care of my body because my body is how I'm making a living instead of let me beat this thing into the ground until yeah. it doesn't work anymore. Um, because an athlete, especially an athlete who um, makes a living doing their their sport, it's the same. It's the exact same thing. So we're, we're what we go in and act as, the athletic trainer, the physical therapist on site in house with clients um, to help their employees be well and feel well. So we're essentially their, you know, their go-to person for any ache pain problem that they might be having um, on the care side. And then on the coaching side, we're that strength and conditioning coach going in to say, hey, you know, that movement pattern that you're doing, that's what's causing your back pain. That's what's causing your shoulder issue from happening. And let's start changing you and conditioning in a different way. So let's talk about like, I think it'd be good for the audience to know, like what are some at this point in society's typical laborious space or industrial athlete based jobs, like listing yes. those things. Yeah. So um, anybody working in a warehouse. So if you think about distribution centers, like Amazon distribution centers, grocery store distribution centers, um, those types of places, it, any of the big, um, you know, retailers have distribution centers that they're pulling from. So any any uh, client like that is is who we're looking at for the warehousing side to to help. And then as far as manufacturers, there's so many um, great companies making great things in America, and some of them take take a lot of uh, diligence and pain and detail to do. Um, whether it be uh, putting um, you know, electronics on a board, welding things on a board, putting together 
products to be shipped out like water meters or cars or, yeah. you know, even, you know, even how t-shirt, you know, how, how does a t-shirt become a t-shirt, right? Mm. So to see those people that help products go from raw wool to yarn, I mean, that's a process and there are people involved in that process to make that yarn. And then that yarn goes somewhere else to become a t-shirt. So, you know, those are the kinds of companies we help uh, day in and day out. Okay. I mean, it's awesome. What's that initial conversation like, um, with workers, industrial athletes, and, and like, what are they surprised about when you talk yeah. with them? Yeah. So, you know, some, somebody like you, Darian, who has that background in, in social connection and, and, and wanting to connect, you know, the first thing we have to do is build a relationship with somebody, yeah. right? We want to get to know them. Um, and, and that's really, really important. And so we lay the foundation of just getting to know people and letting them know that we're their frontline healthcare provider, um, to help them with any ache pain problem that they might be having. And then once they know like, oh, this person really is here for my personal well-being, so that I'm feeling good during the day at work. So I can go home and do all those things I want to do at home and come back and still perform at my job. Um, that person's there for me. So once we have that established, that's the first thing. And then we can get into the coaching and the, yeah. you know, this is how we do your job better and all that kind of stuff. Did you ever think like, do you use the word industrial athlete with them? And all what, the time. what do they think about that when you say that? So it's funny that, cause this has been in my paradigm for quite a while. Okay. So it, it usually seems pretty novel and they're like, huh, you know, some people just blow me off. Right. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, but, but there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of, of athletes out there who don't think they need to practice either. That's so, true. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, and a lot of times a pe person will come in and I say, as a new employee, and I say, look, like if you do this job, like you're training for a competition to do it the best possible, then you're going to treat your body, you know, that much. Well, this is a work when you come to work, if you're going to be lifting boxes and pushing and pulling carts and doing all that day, approach it like a, an athlete would. So they did this study on um, housekeeping staff at a big, big, big um, hotel chain. And half of them, they presented like, this is what you do all day, every day as, as a housekeeper. And then this other group, they said, this is what you do every day, all day. And this is how many calories you're burning. And this is the kind of, um, you know, foundation you're building as far as health goes. And then they watched them and saw the results of that. And just by letting that group know like, hey, you're burning calories, you're becoming fit, you're becoming strong because of this work. This group actually did. Like they, they became more fit, their cardiovascular health improved, they reduced their body mass, they like versus this placebo group, sorry, this, this uh, base group. So, yeah. Essentially, basically explaining to them like saying, well, this is what you're actually doing, change their mentality. Like, oh, like I didn't, they didn't think about it that way. Mm -hmm. It seems like right. is what they were saying, like just shifting the mindset of like, no, 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 this is what is actually happening when you're there. That's right. Have you ever had that moment where that happened to you, Darian, where you're like, oh, I never even thought about it that way. This is exactly what I'm doing. It's been a while since yeah. I thought thought about. So I really have to. I think I have to like really think about like when's the last time I had kind of that epiphany. 
mm-hmm. about something. I know it's happened. It's just, uh, I just, I feel like I have to think about it because I feel like I think about the work that I do and the people I interact with, and I'm very aware of what's happening mm-hmm. when I'm doing it. I would say like, okay, let me, I got something. It was probably about halfway into, like I've been in, in the training business 22, 23 years now, probably halfway into it, I go, oh, this is about personal relationships. That's right. This is mainly about relationship building. If I can be great at making people feel a certain way and letting them know that this is relationship building, this is going to sustain my business versus Mm -hmm. in the past, it was in the beginning, it was mainly about the exercises, the progressions, these mm-hmm. are important. I'm not saying they're not, but but it was very much an academic pursuit and training versus a, a social emotional pursuit in that. So, yeah, a lot of my PTs that come on board with us, it's it's that third year that mm-hmm. they realize, like they make the sleep of, oh, I'm the PT, I'm the clinician. They're coming to me for my knowledge base, but they and and they appreciate that, but they also come to me because they know me. Yeah. And they know that my, I have their best interest at heart. And, and that makes a difference. And you'll watch, I'll watch it happen as our PTs, like at first when they're presenting to a group, like they'll do a workshop. When I was thinking about weird people, um, we used to, we do free workshops. And so you never know who you're going to get Yeah, we need a free workshop in your group. So every once in a while you get somebody, they're like, whoa, you're, you're, a, that's, that's exciting about what we're going through right now. Um, <laughs> but, um, you'll watch them progress to be like, here's the knee. These are the bones in the knee da, 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 too. Tell me what bothers you in your knee. Yeah. And then talk about it from that perspective. Cause that's yeah. what people don't know. Okay. My knee hurts. It hurts when I do this. How do I fix it? Right. Versus right. what actual bones and joints and yeah. And muscles like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the longer you've been around, the more you're like, yeah, I mean, it's good. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, Man, people have to feel some type of way about you. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. it's really why I've been such a huge advocate in the fitness business for like we need to focus on the psychosocial aspects of being in this business. Like yeah. you know, just understanding origin insertion and adaptations to training. Again, very good, but this doesn't keep people mm-hmm. in your orbit. It it makes you feel great that you know all this stuff, but you know, be help people be safe, clearly. Yeah. But I, I have noticed that a lot of people come to you and their basic needs as a human to feel safe, to feel validated are not met by a lot of their daily interactions. And you become a large part of that, actually, which is like what you're saying. When you meet uh, these industrial athletes, a lot of times that's something that's really missing in their mm-hmm. lives. But they don't think they're coming to you for that. They're like, oh, you, no, we're not doing that, you know. Right. Right. And I always say like, we're not trained psychologists or psychiatrists or anything like that. Um, But because we're helping them with their physical selves, we're impacting them in a positive way with their mental and emotional selves. And same, same with training too. Yes. Are they with you to get this result, this physical result? Yes. But they need somebody to tell them when they're having a bad day, it's okay. We're having a bad day. We're going to adjust. Or when they're having a great day, we're going to push harder today. Like they need that person in their lives to do that. It's true. What are your thoughts? I want to, I'm just curious about this since you're working with people and what would be considered manual labor, mm-hmm. laborious based jobs. What's your sure. thought process about automation? Mm. Those types of jobs. 
Right. So, you know, automation has been this big word for years and years and years. Um, I, I think you probably could look to the, um, Car industry, no, I I don't think there's any industry other than the, in car manufacturing that has done it like they have, where they have truly tried to automate a lot of things out. But uh, do we see any less auto workers today than we did 20 years ago, even right. though they started this way right. early in the process? We don't. So my, my, it's, we always, I think sometimes we get, we put our blonders on and be like, oh my gosh, my job's going away. Yeah. I could do that as a PT too. Like I am not immune to that. My, my job could go away as a PT. That's why we have these awesome human brains yeah. and we, we pivot and we like, cause technology gets better. Automation is going to get better. Um, but there's with that growth, with human expansion and human knowledge, there's always more jobs. It's just a matter of, are you going to put your head in the sand and worry about it all day? <laughs> or are you going to say, Hey, especially for an employee who does does work like how do we how do I become more valuable to my company or how do I grow a skill set here at this company that if I decide to move I take that with me and then I'm yeah. you know I'm more viable in the marketplace so I think you know sometimes you have to put it in neutral and just do your job and be happy with that and go home I, like i have three kids it would be easy for me to put myself in neutral every day and just be like of course you know i'm do that but i think if we're always growing our skill sets and you have employees that are engaged and you can show them as a leader or a manager like hey we have these things for you to grow show us demonstrate to us that you can do it and that's motivating for employees. But yeah, as far as automation goes, it doesn't worry me. I, again, I've been in manufacturing plants all over. I've watched things like, um, for instance, there's a, a water meter company uh, we used to work with. And they, when I started with them, probably 18 years ago, they like, they had all these little plastic and metal parts and they put them in the meters and that. And now those employees, they're not doing that anymore because the meter technology changed. Yeah. They're soldering chips computer chips onto the meters. So there, there's not less of them doing that. <laughs> you still need somebody to solder the chips on and build the meter. It's funny. Do, did they think that that would be a job doing that portion with the chips or was that not imagined? Sure not. Before, yeah. Right? It's like managed. Yeah. Right. I think this is part of, um, not that I've paid attention to this closely, you probably you may have just because of the work you've done, but like the UAW strike mm -hmm. or that. And there's I know some component of it is pay on also the the inevitability, what seems like of electric vehicles mm -hmm. and job replacement potential. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think what's what's interesting is there's probably an unexpected job opportunity in the EV market that they're just yeah. not thinking about. Somebody may be thinking about it. But humans are not going backwards. They're yeah. not. They're, this is an inevitable railing against the future. Usually, never works. Right. <laughs> like, we're right. not. We're not like progress pushback. Like, oh man, you know what? I don't like streaming. I'm gonna go back to VHS. It's just okay. not happening. You know. It's where's like, Where's my dish? Yeah, I mean, it's just not happening. <laughs> it's the same thing with cars. It's just not happening. Right. Some things last. So I think it's it's inevitable. Uh, but it's interesting where would that labor shift to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And will that labor be different physically than it currently is? Maybe you mm -hmm. could speak to that a little bit more. 
Yeah, no doubt. And and again, I I can see that he should, you can talk about it in that EV market. Um, I accidentally I I, lo- I love EVs, but I when I travel and I don't know where I'm going, I usually try not to get an EV because yeah. I don't know where all the stops are. Right where mm-hmm. where I'm going to charge, but I accidentally um, got an EV vehicle rented, and I was like, oh man. But you know, you you can find a gas station anywhere. Sure. But right now we can't find a charge station anywhere. Right. So what companies are making charging stations that yeah. it's, it's going to be big. So, or even are the, the gas makers looking at that EV market and saying, Hey, you know, we can build these gas, these EV stations yeah. just as easy as we can build um, these gas pumps. Yeah. So that, you know, I always think there's a pivot. There's always a door to open, you know, if the door closes and open window opens somewhere is the cliche. Um, so as long as people have their heads up and um, we give them the opportunity in our communities yeah. to continue that. I think the hard part with manufacturing is when um, when things just completely pivot, uh, like uh, the, I don't, I don't know exactly why the layoffs are happening with the technology, like the LinkedIn's and all that. Like, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good layoff. I don't really know um, the details of that, but I think, to say, okay, we're laid off. Now what? That's what employees, if you're building, you know, I don't, I think an employee is just as unsafe as an entrepreneur. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we, we, I, I am truly, you know, loyal to my team and would love for them to be loyal to me forever too. um, And trying to do the best I can as leader of my, my, uh, my company. Yeah. But I know that not everybody feels that way. So it's easy to, jump ship when you don't feel valued and valuable or you feel like uh this is you can kind of see it coming and you feel like you might get laid off or things merge and you're like "Mm, this job's redundant um i think that's the hard part but i don't think i there aren't any less jobs right now there are a lot of jobs there's a lot of jobs jobs. yeah and my wife's a nurse and uh then laying off nobody (laughs) nurse i'm telling you maybe ever i mean it's just like the demand is so high. Yeah. It's incredible. But I could see like technology is a slippery slope mm-hmm. in companies because it changes so quickly. I it mean, does. say what you want to say about the auto industry. It is inevitable that this is pushing more towards EV, but there's still a long runway towards mass adoption. So yeah. you could buffer yourself and say, what do I have to do to meet this future need? or future mm-hmm. inevitability versus like you're going to work one day and they're like, Hey man, it's all over today, guys. You're like, what? I didn't even know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a different deal. You want to work for the Netflix, not the blockbuster, right? You don't right. want to work for the blockbuster. Who's like, let's see how, how long this thing will ride before it totally yeah. crashes. You, you want to work for Netflix who said, okay, we're do we'll do DVD mailing. Oh, well now we're going to do streaming and now we're going to do, now we're building our own content. Now we're, yeah. so that, that's a really fun company to work with. No doubt. You know, if, if you get a chance to work with a company that's continually innovating, but it does cause a lot of like flux too. You know, there's, yeah. there's stress and growth. Um, but, but totally, I just don't, you know, right now I, if you if you want a, a job and you want to focus on what you want to do, I think there there's room for you um, to find it. You got to maybe be a little flexible because not all jobs are everywhere and not all jobs are online. Um, but and, and and so nursing, I, I think our healthcare providers are at 
huge risk for burnout. So we, we certainly are going to our hospital systems. These are also laborious workers. These True. people put a lot of time taking care of people, moving people around, you know, doing what they need to do, whether they're in intensive care or they're on the, you know, the, um, you know, o- OB ward, like yep. people, people are, are hard to move around. Very <laughs> hard to move around. <laughs> So like we, we go to our hospital systems too and say, Hey, would you like us to be your, you know, athletic trainer, your IPS in house. And then our jobs to take care of the people taking care of you. You know what? This is uh wonderful, but it's interesting. I had a um, lady's social worker on the show a long time ago. And I said, well, who takes care of the social workers? And she was like, no one. And no I was one. like, that's crazy. Actually, yeah. you're doing one of the hardest jobs, one of the emo- most emotionally draining mm-hmm. and heartfelt jobs. And there's no counselors around for you. There's no, no. I'm like, that's crazy. Like people need assistance from other people. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think, and I I tell my social worker friends that I would be a terrible social worker because I would walk into a house and be like, ah, you can't be here. Come with me, kid. Right. Like I yeah. would be like, this kid yeah. cannot live at your house. They're going to stay with me. They'll be fine. Right. You know, I could like I could I would I get fired from that job yeah. because um <laughs> but because I couldn't strike that balance that they have. But you're right, like do they like you know are are our EAP programs robust enough to even take care of the people taking care of people? I I I've been a big proponent of I think that when you're working especially in those positions, you need to have like a weekly debrief with a professional yeah. to totally deal agree. with all of the trauma you're taking on. And and you're subjecting yourself to regular trauma when you're yes. working in these environments. You just are. You're seeing it. You're feeling it. You're you have thoughts and ideas. You should be a part of your decompress going into the weekend. So also that you don't take that or whenever you work into other parts of your life mm-hmm. and then cause this snowball effect. But, you know, it just I feel like we've had a huge resistance to taking care of the people who take care of people. For some reason, it, it feels like obvious. Yeah. Why isn't it? Right. You know, I mean, look at, look at the doctor burnout rate. Look at, look at our nurses. You know, we, these people are caring people. They want to care for people, but we've pushed them to the brink. So yeah. And not that other professions aren't working hard too, but how do we, how do we take care of them or do we tell them to take care of themselves? Like that's the, that's the question, right? Like, do we provide these programs? Do we, like how cool it would be if every social worker had a 30 minute debrief with their, yeah. their counselor every week. Yeah. How cool would it be? I mean, be- it doesn't even seem like it would, it seems like an obvious thing though. <laughs> like, it just, is it a monetary thing? Do you feel like it's maybe organizations know, but they're like, well, this is going to, you know, cost us money. And so eh, what's important to yeah. us? Yeah. I think, I think sometimes organizations say, well, then what's next? Or what are we giving oh. up for this, right? It's a, it might be a slippery slip. Well, you're giving you're giving the social workers this. Why don't the teachers get it too? Yeah, yeah. And and I've seen that happen at, at some of our companies where we go in and do um, workstation modifications for yeah. two or three people, and then all, everybody else is like, "Why don't I get a workstation modification?" Yeah. Or you're not complaining about pain. Why? Well, hurt all the time. Why are you kidding me? So I, I think sometimes it, it feel it on the front end, it's like, okay, well, if I do this for one of my cohorts of employees, I'm going to have to do it for all of them. And, and they're, they probably aren't wrong. 
They probably are like the I I um am very convinced that there are housekeeping services within the um hospital systems that are just as much counselors to and um hearts to show and love and care to show to the people in the hospital who you know don't want to be there but are because they're not feeling good. Yeah. Um, that you know what's to say they don't deserve that too to sure. have a little grief of walking in and seeing something not, not great. You know, when as a student, I went through my hospital rounds and my PT instructor and I walked into this room and our um patient was standing on his bed naked with his he had his um, gown on as a kid yeah. and his wife is in the corner crying right but he's like he's like either I don't know if it was medications he's an older gentleman I don't know if it's medications or if he's you know in a stroke and doesn't know right. where he is like who knows what was going on with him but to have to get him down off the bed safely and then console her just you know because she's like he's not like this why is he acting like this yeah you know, consult her you know it's it's um it's challenging and, and anybody can walk in on that it doesn't have to be That's just right. the health providers yeah it's just uh i mean maybe we're trending towards a future society that says hey you're hired to work here and i mean there are steps like i know when some eaa programs like eap programs there's eight to ten counseling sessions that are yeah. free Right. That was never a thing before. Now it's like, all right, we mental health. We understand this. But maybe there's a future where this is all just built in. You come in here. A requirement of your work is you're going to sit down with someone every week as yeah. part of we because we care about you. We care about. And another thing I don't get is this is this going to make your workers more productive. They're yeah. going to be happier. Like this is a this again, it seems obvious, <laughs> you know, right. Right. And that's, that's what we, we, um, tell our employers as well, just as coming in and helping people with their physical selves. If we're, um, training them to be more effective and efficient, um, that way their back doesn't hurt Yeah, when they leave work, then they get to go home and be themselves instead of lay on the floor for 30 minutes and stretch before they play with their kids. Right. There is a secondary consequence to their back hurting at work. And so if we can acknowledge that and say, hey, we're going to put somebody in place to help you train for the game so that you're well and that we're coaching you along. Yeah. I, I mean, we we watch lost days to work plummet right. when we come into a, a company. Um, we've had a 90% reduction in lost days to work. And I I bet any of those lost days to work, you know, it, reduction is because we were there coaching those people along to do their job better. And, and mental health is the same. It almost feels like in the past, we've had a lot of acceptance that athletes and pop culture version of athletes and sports, yeah. everybody has a coach. Right. Teams have coaches, individual yeah. athletes have coaches. Mm -hmm. This hasn't necessarily been the priority for humans in general. Right. Why the shift? Why do you think there is a shift happening in yeah. this, this way? I, yeah, I'm not sure why we decided to put teachers in a box, right? Like you have a teacher until the 12th grade or if you go to college, college, and then you don't have teachers anymore. Right. I think that's thought about always having a mentor, always having a coach and people who have coaches and mentors are, are 
usually more successful than people who just want to go out on their own and blaze their own trail. Um, I'm always better with a coach. I'm always better with somebody saying, uh, <laughs> like, let's pivot off of that. Yeah. Let's pivot over here. Um, it's, it's definitely helped me in, in my business growth and, um, you know, dealing with things when I needed to. I think it's really important. Actually, w- one of the colleges I work at, they, uh, if you can opt into it, uh, having a mentor and it's awesome. I'm doing it and I have a mentor, one of the seasoned instructors. It's just great to have someone to talk to who's been there a while. They can kind of show you the ropes and this is valuable for all ages of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that coaching, you know, and again, this, this is a more progressive stance at a school. It's like, you're coming in here. If you want it, we have mentorship available for that. I'm like all about it. And I think that's essentially kind of what you're doing as well as you're offering the service, but also mentorship and social connection and a different way of thinking that yeah. you're an industrial athlete. You're not just some person showing up to work. Right. You know, right. Uh, you know, employers um, had a good question the other day, and it, it really came down to employers have to show how much they care. People are going to spend at least a third of their day at work with yeah. you. And um, we're just out of the industrial revolution. We're in the yeah. information age. And so, you know, it's really not anything about like just come in and do your job and go home. It's really about how. How can, how can your day be as useful and productive for us and make you feel good that you've done a good day's work? So during the pandemic, one of our, um, one of our clients is a grocery store and um, we're in all their distribution centers. And during the pandemic, when I would go to their facilities, like I'd almost start to cry because I would say thank you to them. Because if those people didn't show up, there's no groceries on the shelves. Right. If all those people didn't show up, I know that the shelves were lean across any grocery store in America for a little bit. Um, but there were people putting that stuff on pallets to go on the trucks to get yeah. to the stores. And we have to be super thankful for them. I definitely do because I cannot grow, like I can't grow a carrot, you know, I'm just not in a can't shoot a gun. All right. Well, I can shoot a gun, but I'm just not I'm not good at it. Yeah. I don't hit anything. So, you know, it's we have to have those people caring about the work they do, making sure that that things get to where we need them. Yeah. And well, I think we're also in an age of, uh, I'm not going to be treated like that at, at work type of age too. And especially younger folks, they yeah. are not having it and they yeah. will leave a job in a heartbeat. It's not, this isn't your 1950s, 60s job where you just grit it out for 30 years. Right. You know, yeah. Well, there, the reward's work. not on the end, right? Yeah, there's, there's no reward on the end of There's, there's no, no reward. Yeah. Your 401k goes with you wherever you go. That's so right. it it's not like, but if, if there was still a pension left at some of those places, there would people be, you know, there, there would definitely be people with, this is my company. I'm going to stay yep. here because I got, I have a, a reward coming for me at right. the end. That's right. You have your own, in some ways, your own little golden parachute at the yeah. end, you know, and uh, a lot yeah. of people stuck it out for that, even if it was really toxic yeah, and bad because yeah. there was something there. And, yeah. um, you know, nowadays I feel like people are jumping jobs and stuff, but also just like, listen, I'm not going to be treated like this. Mm-hmm. Like, what's yeah. the ROI for me for working here? And mm-hmm. it was usually always oh, the paycheck. And they're like, no, no, more than that. Like, like, I don't want to feel terrible when I come here, right. <laughs> you know? Like, right. 
Yeah, totally. And then, and then deciding, I think a lot of people don't know what they want. I think a lot of times, no matter who you are, whether you're a laboring employee or management person, you're a business owner. If you don't have clarity about what you want in your life in general and out of a work life, then, you know, don't complain. You have got to get clarity on what you want versus I, I don't want this. Well, that's great. Now you know what you don't want. That's good. So let's get clarity on what you do want because yeah. there there might be a path forward. You never know, you know, why someone's complaining. So a good manager can dig into that and say, like, let's let's figure out what's up with you. And yeah. you know, if you just don't like it here, well, again, there's plenty of other jobs. There's but other things. Yeah. You know, yeah. But while you're here, we want you to do the best work as possible and we want to treat you as best as possible. Right. I don't think every manager, you know, there are young, I always talk about like young managers versus season managers and approaches are all different. It's yeah. pretty individualized. Um, nobody just one day wakes up and says, I'm a manager, right? You just, right. it kind of happens upon you somehow. So, um, yeah. What is the um, biggest resistance you face when approaching a company about your work? Um, usually they say, well, we have a wellness program. Right. So it's usually defining the term of what we do and how we do it, because um, we are a lot different than the wellness program that you get online, you know, to look at. We're literally a person in house. Um, and then the next thing is they have not dug deep enough to see how it um, their bottom line will respond to it. Mm. But our clients, you know, we have long term clients and they uh, have seen that return on investment. They've leveraged the information and the data that we produce to take to their insurance companies to tell the insurance companies that you're not going to treat us like this. Yeah. So even companies are getting wise to mm. like just that random 20% increase in your premiums every year. Well, why is our right. premium? Going up? Well, it, it just is. It just is. Right. I deal with this with, with our medical insurance every year. Like what's our medical insurance? Well, it went up 15%. It went up what? Like, why? We don't have any, you know, nobody is more sick or more well at our yeah. company than we know of. What? And we have the same amount of people. Why is it going? Well, it just is. That's the rate. <laughs> you know, and so I think companies are, so if they realize like bringing in a, a, a medically trained person in the house to do first aid will reduce their injury rates, that gives them leverage to go to their work comp companies and say, Hey, like, look, we reduced our injuries by 50% this year and you want to increase our rate 20%. Yeah. So we've had, we've had companies um, jump ship from their work comp companies because they, mm. they can see like, they're like, look, we, we have the data, we have it. Yeah. So, but I think they haven't, they just haven't dug deep enough to see how the indirect and direct costs have truly impacted their, their company. That makes sense. In your estimation, like when you, when someone says that hey, we already have a wellness program, mm -hmm. What does that usually entail when you dig into that? Right. Um, well, if if they allow us to keep asking questions, a lot of times it's just, well, we do this fitness um, challenge, or yeah. we bring, you know, we we have a nutritionist they can get online with and talk to, um, something like that. So it's not. It usually doesn't have to do anything with their work. Um, sometimes they'll have, you know, oh, we have an ergonomist come in and do our job site assessments. Um, you know, and all those things are good um, in themselves, but they're not that relationship. 
they're not that healthcare relationship that people are missing in healthcare. Yeah. Seems pretty standard. I've seen a lot of these programs and I feel like it's kind of just a recycled same thing. Pretty much a lot of, um, you know, lunch and learns incentivized, yeah. you know, when some, uh, yeah, sure. you, know, you know, cards or something, you know, <laughs> it's just like, you know, big companies will do basically the same plug and play mm -hmm. type of thing. And I'm always saying, well, what's what could be done differently. That's more of a radical approach to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't say we're, we're radical per se, like injury prevention programs have been around for a long time. It's just the companies right. who have jumped on board with this is a part of our culture. That's who sees the, the, you know, phenomenal results of being well below injury yeah. rates for industry standards. What would be the ideal? I mean, let me backtrack. What's the future of this? Well, if you could like just create out of thin air and then you're like, this is the best possible future option for doing this work. What would that be? As far as for our clients like, or for us? For the, for the clients working with the companies, yeah. like, what would you imagine be the greatest thing you could create with this? Oh, gosh. So if employees had access to a medical provider and an injury prevention specialist 24 hours a day at their work site, I think like you would see the whole healthcare like you'd see a healthcare shift, first of all, because people would have access to that healthcare provider and to the injury prevention specialist. And not just a healthcare provider who's just looking out for the company, somebody just like, mm. if you needed to, you have the sniffles, you go in there and chat with them about your sniffles, right? right. Or the you have the physical therapist or the athletic trainer and you sprain your ankle playing basketball. So, you know, outside of work, you can still talk to them about that. They're not just there for the company. Yeah. So somebody who could provide that kind of care or, or the team that could provide that kind of care, it, it would, it scales up. It would scale up HR and environmental health and safety and all those groups to have that medically trained person um, and physical therapist trained person that, you know, strength and conditioning coach. There. Like on site, or you're saying like on site, all these providers are on site. They're working for the company. They're whatever they're there. You have an issue. You can, see somebody pretty quickly. This sounds like basically taking away a lot of the um, barriers. Right. Because, you know, when you're making appointments and stuff, there's a lot of barriers uh, awesome. to it. But if you got to take away the barriers, then the ease of access becomes incredible. That could probably change quite a bit. Right. You know, so I had my team call around. I was trying to prove a point to some, um, some of our physical therapists that we are the high quality, low cost provider of care in our town. And so I had our front office call all the other clinic, clinics around to ask them, what is their cash pay? Yeah. If, if I come in to pay cash for your services, what do they cost? Um, for, for us, and I'll you know, tell you online, um, yeah. it's $100 for an eval and $70 for a follow-up. Okay, that's what we charge for. If you come in cash, that's what we charge. Yeah. Um, we called the hospital system uh, a couple doors down from us, uh, $500, up to $800 for the first visit. Wow. For the same, for a physical therapist to evaluate you, same thing. So there, that's a barrier right there. There's a massive barrier. You know, because physical therapy is something you come in two, three, four times a week right. to do. So, you know. Crazy, right? It's uh, yeah. so we're creating barriers too, right? By being, <laughs> by being nutty, by being nutty, 
Exactly. It's it, that's that's what seems like really crazy about it. It's almost like the creation of barriers is a way to like not have people use the service. Right. Boom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Medicare Advantage plans. Right. You have your traditional Medicare um, insurance, and you can get on, on as a beneficiary of Medicare, or you can take your Medicare Advantage plan. Well, Medicare Advantage plans shifts the cost onto you. Do you get a low cost? you know, monthly fee. Absolutely. But guess what happens when you start using the doctor? Right. Right. So those Medicare Advantage plans know what they're doing. They're getting way more money out of our seniors than they should. I don't mind saying that. They can, yeah. like, they can have me on another podcast to argue with me about it. And, <laughs> um, but so I, I tell my family members all the time, I'm like, I will, my, my older family members, I will pay for your Medicare Advantage or your Medicare plan versus go on your Medicare plan. So yeah, um, I'd rather you be on something and know you're going to get all the care you need without the burden, that financial burden. It was then, interesting. We've done that a lot. Like we've called around and been like, uh, with our own stuff, we'll say, what's the, how much for cash just to pay out yeah, of pocket sure. here yeah. and doing, we've done that a lot more often. It's surprising actually the results. I don't think a lot of people do that actually. I think they should even, especially for even some bigger things, like you'd be surprised MRIs and all that. Yeah. If you're going to, if you have a $10,000 deductible, um, you know, the MRI, the, the insurance company, the hospital is going to bill the M insurance company $6,000 right. to get $3,000, but you might be able to call and get, you know, and then if you hadn't met your $10,000 deductible, you're on the hook for the 3000. That's right. But if you call and you can get an MRI for $800, and then, but then you're not using your, you know, you're yeah. not using, you're just paying a, a smaller premium. But. That's right. Isn't that crazy? I find that insane. <laughs> so we're, and, we're, and you know, we can sit here and complain about it all day. I, I always say the reason why I love my company and our injury prevention programs that we do is because I feel like it's just a small way that we are helping fix the problem. Yeah. Fix healthcare by helping people not have to, to, have that barrier, yeah. that financial barrier. And can you get an appointment? Do you see the same person? Do you have to tell your story over and over, over and over, and over. again? Yeah. People, you know, because you don't, you know, I'm lucky. I do have a, a doctor group that I know that knows me. I'm very glad. But yeah, um, if you're seeing different people all the time, you're telling different stories. And so, and most definitely. Wow. I, this is fantastic stuff. I am um, so grateful that we have the time to speak with each other. Me too. Today, the other Dr. D, both Dr. D's and Dr. D. Dr. D squared. I like D it. Squared, that's good. So please tell everyone how they could connect with you to learn more about your work and just be interested in what you're doing. Absolutely. So welcome to connect on to me on LinkedIn, uh, Delane Fowler. And then you can also reach out to our team at accelerate-pt.com. Uh, plenty of places to go in there and, and shoot us a message to get more information. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me again. Fantastic.